What's an underrated tool that are indispensable for your life? Optimism. So what you're just talking Optimism, about? man. Yeah, yeah. I'll optimism is a is a tool is a is a skill set. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Everything Cast. I'm your host Wyatt, and with me, as always, is my co-host David. What's up? What's up, everybody? We're back. Welcome back to another episode of the Everything Cast. We got some, uh, we got some good stuff going on today, and next week too. You know, I'm excited. Are you excited? Oh yes, I'm. Ve- I'm very excited. Uh, a lot of. St- uh, I got a uh, stuff going on this week. It's gonna be a good week. Some work done. Feeling good. Hell yeah. Well, dude, why don't you uh, tell us three things that you're grateful for? This Blackstone grill I just got, bro. Yeah. That's the first one. Like, dude, this just lit. Like, obviously, yeah. you saw me cook on it yesterday mm-hmm. uh, for the first time. It was awesome. It, the food turned out great. You know, I'm excited to use it for even more. Like, uh, pretty much everything. You know, like, yeah. it's going to be sick. And then it get, also gives us a reason to sit outside. You know, yeah, like, exactly. I really like that. Uh, I'm really dude. Grateful. That food was so good. Yeah, dude. I I was surprised how good it tasted first cook. You know, what I'm talking about straight off the grill. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was good. Seasoning it, seasoning it wasn't even hard either. Like the beforehand, you know, making well, tell sure. Me what that's you made? A, uh oh, I, uh I made breakfast for dinner pretty much, and then it was uh pot- uh fresh potatoes like uh fried up on the. Top, a bacon, French toast, eggs, uh, sausage patties. It was, it was lit. It was a, yeah. it, it was a yeah. Good but the dinner. the French toast was like oh a, French uh, like, bread. Yeah, French, French bread. bread. French but like bread, from French like it was a bakery roll though, so it wasn't pre-cut. So we cut it ourselves. Right. And um, I just made a sandwich, bro. I put I took the two pieces of French toast, butter on both, and then I put a piece of bacon, uh, a sausage, split it in half, spread it out, and then an egg. And then the potatoes, and then put it all on, and then uh, another piece of French toast on top. Ooh, made how it was into that? a sandwich. I didn't oh, even so you good! Did that. So good. Hell yeah, that sounds. Well, just awesome. a little bit of syrup because all the egg yolk, you only need right. a little bit of syrup. Right, right. That's, that and so I was good. surprised how good the eggs turned out. Yeah, me too. Like without being overcooked or not undercooked, uh-huh. burned on one side, like the bottom, because I did sunny side up. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh. Yeah, no, it was, it was uh, nice. Something else um, happened yesterday. Something else happened. Oh, Ryan Garcia fought. Obviously, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. is that where you is that where you hitting at? Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, obviously, I knocked out before it happened. Sorry, but uh, yeah. I did see the highlights. It was a. It was definitely a good. Uh, good win. But mm-hmm. uh, that Tago guy was a little weird, man. Like mm-hmm. he was literally running and ducking the entire fight. Like uh, yep. very little was he pushing forward, but uh, yeah, no, like that was. I want to more talk about honestly, Wyatt, uh, the UFC fight last night. Yeah, well, um, I only watched uh, the come shot. Yeah, that's exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah, that was a great that, fight. That was brutal, man. They were going at it. I think that's gonna be the closest we see. Uh, I have lose. I think this was a real eye opener for him. That it is yeah. just, you're not just gonna really walk through these people anymore. You're getting to the highest level of contender. You know, like yeah. Gilbert Burns almost put him down. Like twice. Yeah, like it was close. But uh I think this will is a good eye opener for him. It's gonna make him train even harder. It definitely gave him a cardio check. Yeah, that's you true know, too. Like he never had a fight go that long. You know, yeah. like so that was definitely a good, uh, good humbler for him. But I, we're gonna see him do great things now. I can very much see him retiring undefeated. The only thing is, is well, he we'll get... see. Next is Colby Covington. That's what uh, Dana White said. Right, but uh, and even if he beats Colby Covington, he's got to fight Usman. Yeah, you know, not that's, Usman. Yeah, that's gonna be the big thing. Uh, are you gonna be able to go five twenty or twenty five minutes wrestling and uh, uh, boxing? One, right. Because that was mostly just boxing, and you struggled with that for mm-hmm. uh, 15 minutes. You're going to be able to go 25 with a lot of wrestling and a lot of uh, trading? Like, that's, that's going to be the, 
the real eye opener for him. Yeah, realistically, he should already be training for five five fives. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, he should, but he like I said, he's never even had a fight go really past the second round. Right. You know, like at that at that point, you get so confident, you're like, damn, I don't even need to. I just got to make sure I can slam him, take him down, and submit him, or knock him out early. And so they don't base it on car. But I mean, maybe not. Maybe he is training for five rounds. You never know. I. Uh, uh, that's how yeah. I'm looking at it. Yeah, it was a great fight. Great, great fight. fight. Um, but yeah, Ryan. Ryan fought. It was a good fight. Um, it definitely showed. It was a definitely different fight for Ryan. Mm-hmm. That was for sure. Um, he, I could tell he was definitely weirded out at first. In the first few yeah. rounds, he was like, "Dude, yeah. what are you doing?" Right, like, he didn't <laughs> understand it. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I mean, when he started getting a grip on it, and it was just running over him after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Ryan won twelve out of twelve rounds. You know, right. so. Uh, yeah, yeah so that's good not for even Ryan. A question. So, like yeah. Ryan said, he said it was a big. He uh, he said this himself. He said it was a big eye opener. It made me realize I need to get better at cutting off the ring because that's something I've never really had to do much in my career. So I'm grateful for the opportunity. I'm I'm grateful that that he showed me a uh, you know such a weak point in my in my skill set. Right. Yeah, but yeah, and he didn't win because of it either. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, that was. Definitely, um, when he knocked him down the first time, and he was like, yeah. what? What? Yeah, 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 like, yeah, no, yeah. dude, he just spun you on your ass, man. Yeah, literally, did a fucking but, whole 360. <laughs> yeah, like, that was, I was like, come on, bro, that was a clean knockdown. He, uh-huh. you tried to grapple, he, uh, clinched out of it, like, he, like, pulled his arms out and just, yeah, wasn't expecting him with that, uh, uh, right check so fast. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was a, that was a beautiful moment. I can't even lie. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I got you. Got to give the guy props. He could take a fucking beating. Like he, like even Ryan said it himself. He's like he took some of my best shots and kept coming. He's like, I, it, it was crazy. Right. Oh, I'm. Oh, I need to watch it. I'm pretty sure GGG fought last night too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I uh, I maybe I I thought I saw uh saw a video about it, but I didn't watch it. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to watch it. Hopefully, he's still doing good. He's a. Uh, have you seen him? No, I'm not really Gen- sure who you're talking Gennady about. Gennady Golovkin. Uh-uh. Uh, he. Uh, he fought Canelo, right? Dude. Okay. Clean overhand, right, straight to the face. Didn't even, didn't even stun him. Still kept coming at him from Canelo. Really. Dude, it was brutal. I mean, Canelo won. It was two fights. Canelo won both. But the f- I think it was the first one he was robbed. I think is what they say. Don't call me on maybe the second one. But it was it gave almost he almost gave Canelo a loss. Yeah. 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 Uh, Damn. Yeah. No, that's he's he's insane. Watch watch him if you can. Okay. G G G is the best way to find him. Hell yeah, man. So lately, the fucking the podcast has been doing very very well. It has been. I'm I'm very happy with how it's been doing. So am I. I'm very excited. And with that, with the growth of the, the podcast, has came an opportunity for, for me and well for us, for the brand, but uh for me, right? And um I got invited to go on to another show and do a video uh interview. Right? And so the the show is called The Solomon Tension Podcast Unfiltered. And the, the the mission or the goal of this show is to like uh, have, use millennial stories to inspire other millennials, right? Yeah. So oh, yeah. it's just, it, yeah. So it's a great message, you know. Just it's about you know just helping your fellow brothers and brothers and sisters and you know doing what's right, you know. And that's ultimately what we're here to do too. So right. I was more than willing, you know, more than willing to go on and you know talk about my story. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And so, uh, with being very grateful for the opportunity, um, you know, as um, my career or our career has started, like unfolded, I've been getting very confident in my skill set. I'm getting better at interviewing and better at, you know, the editing and the marketing and, you know, all these things, right? So, going in there, I was feeling pretty confident, you know, into the interview, I was feeling pretty confident. You know, I was like, oh, this is going to be pretty easy, you know, it should be pretty straightforward, blah, blah, blah. 
And then I was sitting there, and then he asked me the first question, right? And the very first question of the interview is, uh, uh, okay, so what's your story? Or so tell me your story, like a variation of that, you know? And it all hit me at once. Right. I've never been in this seat. I've never been on the receiving end of this. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so it made me realize a big ass hole in my skill set, you know. So upon that discovery, it made me realize that I need to get more practice being the interviewee instead of the interviewer, right? right? So on doing so, I asked my co-host David to uh, to conduct an interview for me. So Sir. for t- so for today's episode, we're gonna. Uh, we're still going to cover mental illness and do all the stuff like, like we normally do, but David's going to conduct and he's going to interview me. Hell yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah, and I, I thought this was a great idea because one, like I said, it'll help me help, uh, help with my skill set. And it'll also help with your skill set too with being getting better at interviewing too. Mm-hmm. So it's a win-win for both of us. Hell yeah. So go yeah. ahead, bro. Go ahead and take All it right. away. All right. So um, I'm going to go ahead and open it with kind of an off question. It's weird, okay. right? So what do people most under- misunderstand about you most, Wyatt? Hmm. All right. I like this question. This is a good question. I think that uh, because of my appearance, the way I look and the way I dress, I think that... Uh, like people see me and they probably like they just think I'm just like another punk kid, you know, because I got the like I I look like a skater, you know what I'm saying, like a stoner skater. Right, right. And uh, and I think that that's it, you know. I think that um, that is the biggest the misunderstanding about me is like I I come off as like this rigid person, you know, by the way I dress or whatever. But I'm a very very passionate and caring person, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, what is that? Well, wh- well, how do you feel about the people who see you that way? Like, does that does that make you feel a certain way about them, or do you uh, disagree? Like, that's your own opinion. You know, I respect it, type of thing. No, I think I think at this point, I've come to embrace it because I love. I don't know. I like I love exceeding expectations and getting that those moments of grat like of gratitude from other people, right? So like when you meet somebody and then you could tell that they're standoffish, you know, and then you break down that barrier and then they're just like, "Oh, why? Oh my God, you're way cooler than I thought," or like, "Oh my God, you've been through so much." Like you pour, th- you know, whatever, you know, like when like that moment when they come that that acceptance moment, you know what I'm saying? Right. When they they come to terms with it, you know. Uh, I, I've really come to appreciate that moment. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because I, I get that, because I get this, I get the same thing in like all aspects of life for me uh, because of the fact that like what I do for a living, right? Like I don't look like I belong uh, doing what I do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Which I'm is just... obviously welding, right? Right, yeah, yeah, exactly, welding. Yeah, like, I, I don't look like I belong in there. And then so because of that, um, I, I know a lot of the guys, when I first like, started a job or in a new shop around new people, uh, they're very standoffish because I'm, I am the way that I look. You know, I care about my hair. I care about my nails. I put lotion on every day. You know, it's like I, I you know, take my um, cleanliness... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Personal hygiene. Thank you. Uh, very, very serious, you know. And so I'm always making sure I'm keeping up on it, you know. And I'm, I'm kind of, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm a pretty boy, you know what I'm saying. Right. And so, and you know, when you envision welders, you know, those are manly men, you know what I'm saying. And like dudes who walk around, their hands are always dirty and all that shit. And I'm right. not that guy. Yeah. And so, uh, I get that a lot there too, and then it's the same thing, and and then like those walls start to be broken down when they see my welds first and foremost, and then after that they see my work ethic and how hard I can work, and you know blah blah blah, and then right. slowly you break those walls down, and then they come up to you know, and they're like, you know what, kid, you're pretty cool. And it's like thanks, man. Right. Oh yeah, no, that's that's 
I, I, honestly, I don't even know what to say after that. But I'm gonna go ahead and start with a new question. Uh, all right. All right. So what's so this one is definitely like a different question. But what's an insult that you're proud of hearing? Oh, okay. Um, there's a dark part of me that like likes when my girlfriend complains that I work too much. Because it makes me feel like I'm doing my job. You know what I'm saying? Right. But what what so, do like, you mean by complains too much? What do you mean? Like, is she actually like, oh, I miss you being at home? Or is it like, damn, like, oh, like, you work too much? Like, but uh, it's like, both. Kinda, like, I, get, I get both. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, you know, it's when I'm at work, it's always like, oh, I miss you. You're always at work, you know, and uh, I wish you were home and we could spend more time together. And then when I'm home and I'm working, then it's like, you're always fucking working. Like, come on, come spend some time with us, spend time with the family and do all this shit. And it's like, dude, like, I'd rather be sitting down with you guys right now. I'd, I'd rather be doing nothing with you guys. You know what I'm saying? Right. But it's just, I, we, got, we got shit we want to do, you know? So we all got to make sacrifices. Right. All right. So, so um, yeah, that's, that's probably one. Yeah. Do you have any others that, that like I um that are more like? Because I'm I'm gonna be honest, that really isn't an insult. You know what I'm talking about? Like that's more of just I, I don't even know like what to call it. That's not an insult per se. Okay, give me an example. So like, uh, obviously this is more of like they a lot of people joke when they say stuff like this, but it's like, oh, uh, like what are you so tall for? How's the weather up there? You know, oh, stuff like that. Okay. You know, yeah, stuff yeah, that yeah. makes you like. It's like, oh, it's supposed to be like, uh, a uh, a joke to make fun of you, but it makes you feel good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I don't know. That one. That one's pretty. I mean, that's a pretty good example, right? Because I'm tall, so people like, especially like girls, they'll they'll say shit like that. Right. Um. Yeah, I guess I. I don't know. Or like, I'm, here, I'm, here. I'm a very I'm a very hard critic on myself. You know right. what I'm saying? So it's I don't know. Or Cinderella. Why I think could be one for you. Sorry, I gotta say that for you. Like you know, the long blonde hair, like type of thing. You know, like that's uh, like yeah. another oh, reason. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People call me Justin Bieber all the time. That's one of those insults where it's like, that's a compliment, bro. Like, you right. ain't insulting me. You ain't right. insulting me by calling me <laughs> Justin Bieber, bro. A very famous person with a lot of money and has right. a very beautiful girlfriend. Like, seriously, you are not insulting me by calling me Justin Bieber. Right. I wish I had Justin Bieber money. Like, yeah, for real. 220 million. That's his net worth. Damn. Yeah. No, and actually, that's going to be my next question. Uh, if you won $10 million right now, what's your first purchase? Okay, so... It's all... It's going to be an all-in-one motion type of thing. Okay. Once the check hits, I'm paying off the, my lease for the rest of the year. Right. Okay. Then I'm renting a studio, buying cameras and professional mics to set up a studio for the podcast and i'm getting a personal assistant that's step one okay that's the first purchase yep that's the immediate things i'm doing with the money yeah okay so overall what uh so how long do you think 10 million would last you like say you weren't allowed to invest it into any more money you got 10 million cash you were able to spend it up whatever you want can't put it in the bank you can't Give it to an investor. You can't buy a financial investor. You have to spend it yourself. How long do you think that's going to last you? But I, but I can invest into myself, right? What do you mean by that? Oh, obviously, you can buy shit for yourself, right? Like, yeah, uh, the rest of my life. If you, you can make it last the rest of your life? Oh, yeah, 100%. I have uh, like quite a few million-dollar ideas that I would be able to activate on. And then that, that you know, right. I, I mean, it would probably be like, you know, realistically, like $250,000 to set up the studio for the podcast, right? Right. And then, um, so, and then that will give us a return on uh, interest, right? Like that, um, you know, over the course of time, we'll get money out of that, right? 
as in the podcast you know right. like that'll eventually start to earn money so that will help keep things afloat but i also have a, a, quite a few ideas for businesses and one one in particular the particular that i have is like uh a for sure thing you know what i'm saying right so i i'd be able to take three or four million and get that started and then that would be able to fund me for the rest of my life you probably what get like what five four and a half million for yourself you say just yeah, to live on for the rest of your but life even then i still i still wouldn't do that i would after that i would go into uh whatever money's left after i started up that the other business would be uh, it all investments i'd be buying you know apartment complexes and shit like that right yeah see like you're allowed to do it yourself you just can't have others do it for you you know yeah like, so okay that's good that's yeah, good so no money, no money would be going like into banks or, and I'd probably honestly get in like to some NFT stuff. Okay. That's, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, what would you do? What would you do with 10 million? uh, No, that's, that's rough for me because uh obviously I'm not in, because your, your seems so like professional and right, you know, like, (laughs) I'm not in that part of my life where I have to be, oh, I have to do this for my family or whatever, you know? If I right, get that right. money, like, I want to have fun with a, with a good portion. Like, not obviously, like, the whole 10 mil, but, like, give me, right. I want to take $500,000, and I want to have some fucking fun. Like, mm-hmm. I want to go and, like, go to different festivals and shit like that, live out the rest of my life until I turn, or live out the rest of my young life until I turn 21. And then after that, I would start my own cannabis industry. Uh, uh, obviously when, uh, I would, start, I would start with a grow house for, uh, I would get my foot in that way. I would start growing my own weed, starting my own strains, stuff like that. I would, uh, I want to breed different, uh, make my own strains personally, like different, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the, the professional, uh, word is for it, but I obviously, I just want to, uh, start that way like just make my own products get into edibles stuff like that gummies and Mm -hmm. then start my own like dispensary business stuff like that yeah yeah well i haven't even told you all the plans that i have for the podcast right and uh, it's probably gonna be a very long talk when you do so (laughs) that's a probably a talk for a different uh yeah i mean we can't do it here oh obviously but, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Very long talk. But, yeah. Yeah, but right. I would. We would definitely be going on a family vacation with some of that money. That's for sure. Oh, for sure. No, yeah. The, we, no, we'd be going somewhere like fucking killer. Like I'm mm-hmm. talking, we'd be going to like Cancun or some shit like that. We're going back. Um, we're going. I will. If I get the money, we're going to Mexico. Oh, okay. Like you talking like moving down there? <laughs> no, no, just on vacation. Oh, okay, okay. That's one thing you didn't answer. Are we staying here with the money, or? Mm-hmm. For the first, we would just do a year. We would a just year? Do this, uh, like a one-year lease, yeah. Okay. Because we're not at the point yet, like, because even if we got the money, we don't have like the following and the fan base to get all the 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 people to come to us right, yet. So we still need structure, and we have that here. Right, and so we still have to build out for another year at least. After that, then after that, we could talk about. Going somewhere where it's more populated with more people to do more interviews and stuff. Okay. And oh, if yeah. push comes to shove, we could always just do it like through Discord with video. You know right. what I'm saying? I mean, that's probably what it's going to end up being, anyways, for a while. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But, so. I mean, that's a, a way bigger step up than this right now without no camera, but right. it all comes with time. Yep, exactly. All work in progress, but. All right, I got my next question for you here, Wyatt. Yeah, Who has go. been your most important professional mentor? And, like, I don't mean, like, professional and, like, obviously, like, that's not a professional truck driver, but he's a professional, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like, he's mm-hmm. done that shit all of his life. He knows what the fuck he's doing. He gets it on his first try. Like, yeah. That kind of professional. Yeah. So, it would be uh, my ex-girlfriend's grandfather. Well, why? The one, okay. One of the things that I struggled with the most in life was morals. It took me a long time to realize this, but um, looking back on the 
the decisions that I made and how I like the the decision making process I went through in my brain. Okay. I didn't have good morals. And that's well uh I mean that I'm in a mixture of like everything else, right? But uh, my my morals weren't right. And he realigned them he into a, a positive uh, and landed on a, a positive side, right? Right. So if you know, and then obviously your character and your morals make up part of your character, define who you are. And if that never happened to me, I wouldn't be who I am. Right. You get what I'm saying? So even though there's been very influential people in my life, especially like Mr. Hipple, who taught me how to weld, and you know, that's how I provide for my family. Right. That wouldn't matter if I wasn't a good father. You know what I'm saying? Or if I wasn't a good provider, you know, I could weld either way. You, you know what I'm saying? Right. But to be a good father and to be a good role model and a good brother and, you know, that's more important than making a lot of money. You know what right. I'm saying? So, yeah. So my, my ex-girlfriend's grandfather, hands down. Oh, yeah. That's, that's good right there. That's having those morals sets you up for the rest of your life and uh obviously the generation below you especially yeah that's something i'm very uh very particular with is uh more of the respect moral yeah especially yeah. um that that's some, something that uh i feel like a lot of people don't really teach much anymore you know yeah and uh that's definitely something that i felt like after you moved up to Minnesota, I could tell that helped you a lot up there. Yeah. Uh, just the way you acted before, and then obviously once you came back, yeah. like obviously you moved right up there after you got clean, pretty much. Uh, yep. You didn't have much time here, so we get to, we didn't get to see much of you how you were after. Uh, right. When we went up there to see you and stuff like that, and you came down, it was not not an entirely different person, but you acted like a new person. Right, you know, it was it, it was good to see. No, yeah, thank and you. I, I'm I'm ha- I was happy you had someone good for you up there like that. Yeah, yeah, thanks, man. So I left you an alley oop there, but you missed it. So when I was talking about uh, my morals being uh unaligned, uh, you should you should have asked about that. You should have had me dwell in a little bit that a little bit there just for the for the audience sake so this way they can have because obviously you probably have a good idea because you right. know a lot of my yeah. mistakes yeah yeah, you know? yeah that's exactly so, that's exactly why i didn't ask i was like all right yep. yeah all right so um an example of one of the ways that my morals were unaligned is i remember using this to be the basis of a lot of my decision making when i was growing up i came to the conclusion early on in life that like no matter what i did i was going to get in trouble so it it wasn't a matter of oh if I do this I'm going to get in trouble. It was to me it was no matter what I'm going to be in trouble. So was the amount of trouble I was going to get in worth doing the act? Right. You get what I'm saying? So it's like so I remember one time I intentionally threw a rock through a window of somebody's car. Okay. And most people they would not do so because they didn't want to get their ass beat. Right. Right. To me, it, to me, it was uh, this seemed unavoidable. So, if I, my whole thing was, if it's gonna happen, I might as well give them a reason to. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it was like that's where I was pouring my pulling my morals from. And if you do that continuously throughout your life, then you're not gonna make good decisions. You know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah, so that that was an example of. How my morals were unaligned. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any? But no, I wanted to talk. I wanted to touch on um, living in Minnesota. Um, one of the reasons why, what you saw such a big character shift in me was because of the level of grit that got pounded into my fucking bones to live up there. You know, living up there. If we wanted water. We had to go to town and get water ourselves. Right. If we wanted heat for our house, we had to chop wood. And if we didn't chop enough wood, 
we we went without heat you know right. what i'm saying living like that builds a level of grit that uh i mean you you can't get that unless you experience that level of hardship you know the, there was multiple multiple weeks the the uh, during the the first winter we were up there where our pipes froze so we still couldn't even have water even though we had water you know what i'm saying because we because it was just that fucking cold so we had to go two weeks without water you know so then you can't wash dishes you can't cook food you can't fucking you know take showers you can't you you know wash your clothes right you know and then and on top of that you're sitting around a fucking stove for eight hours a day trying to fucking heat up and it, it, uh, wood, it's not a literal stove they use to cook. That's what they call them. It's like where you put the wood. Yeah, it's yeah. a furnace, wood you know? stove. Yes. What, uh... Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know that that it just builds a level of character. You know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah. uh, that also plays big into uh, who I am. You know, and and it also plays into the, the my level of resiliency. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. And you talk about the weather being bad. Like, what kind of weather was it up there? Because I want to give, I want to give the, because obviously I know, and but P, I don't think people realize how ex- the extent of International Falls was. Um, yeah, dude, I think that's crazy. That's big to call out because it's obviously the coldest city in America. Yep, the icebox of the nation. Right. So yeah, it's the coldest uh, city. Yeah. I mean, we've I don't shared the weather. Yeah, I mean, we, I've shared uh, stories a couple times on the podcast before. Right. So, but, uh, dude, one time, uh, it was negative 73 degrees outside. All right. Dude, all right, so I'm at work, okay? And, you know, we're allowed, like, cigarette breaks yep. at work. And so I go outside, and I'm smoking my cigarette, and I have to piss. So I start taking a piss while I'm smoking my cigarette, and my piss is freezing. Before it's hitting the ground, like in mid fucking air. That's crazy, dude. That is. I have to walk because now it's getting to the point where it's like building up towards me. Right. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> and I have to walk and piss. That's... Bro, it's. <laughs> dude, dude, I have a picture on my phone. Yeah. My birthday is May 11th. Okay. It's supposed to be warm during May. There was three feet of snow on my fucking birthday. That's that's tragic. In I, May, bro, I, I, it was disgusting. It was fuck, and then not not. I'm not even fucking with you. It was like sixty degrees the next day. That's how well. That's how it is in like Illinois right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, it was it was dumb, dude. Right. That's oh god. Oh, I can't. And I'm not exaggerating. Like, I'm not there exaggerating. Was... Wait, hold on. Uh, we, I have a we had a six foot privacy fence, right? Right, and then so uh, at the three foot mark, you know that there's like the three bars that go all the way around on the backside. You know the top, middle, and bottom. Right, and it's at the middle bar. I have a picture of it. Damn, that's it's falling a, that shit in the wrong spot, and you're dead. Like... Seriously, bro. <laughs> oh, it's insane, man. Oh, it's insane, dude. It snows so much up there that a lot of times they don't even uh sh- they don't plow the the snow off the roads. They just push it to the middle of the road. Damn. So what? Uh, oh, wait. What? How? Because they can't keep up with it. What do you mean they just push it to the middle of the road? Yeah. So they build the roads extra big out there, extra wide, right. for this reasoning. So a lot of the roads are like four lane roads at all times, and then they just make them into two lane roads, and then they just push all the snow into the middle Wait, until four it stops. lanes on both sides. No, like just two and two. Oh, okay. Yeah, they and then they make just it make it into oh, you know, like a regular a snow road. median, pretty much. Yep, exactly. Until it stops snowing, then after it stops snowing, then they'll they'll uh, take the backhoes and shit, and then take it out of the middle of the road, put in semis, and then dump them. What? They put the snow in semis? Yeah. What? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Dude, and I remember, dude, they don't even plow in Colorado. Like, at all. Like, there was, like, not even a foot of snow on the ground, dude. It's all just slush, and they can't even bring a plow out. And they're over here <laughs> putting snow in semi-trucks in Minnesota? What? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
That's crazy, dude. They got to figure it out, though, dude. They got to, like, well, they're course. so good at keeping their roads clean up there. That's, oh, God. I can only, I can only, like, I remember there was that one uh, week, like, two years ago, where it got to, like, mm -hmm. negative 50 out here. Yeah. And everyone thought yeah, that, that was, was that bad. year. Yeah, yeah, that was that year we had that winter vortex thing. Right. And I remember how people thought that was bad. Uh, like that don't sound like nothing compared to yours up there. Yeah. Well, bro, you know, you know, it's gonna be a fuck day <laughs> when. So, like, we we started work at four o'clock in the morning, right? Right. So, it's like six o'clock, you know, in the morning, and the advisory goes out. Right. It's like today's uh, weather is expected to hit below negative seventy. Do not go outside. Stay inside where it's warm. Seek shelter if you're outside. And always use the buddy system. And we all look at each other like, hey, uh, can we go home? And right. our boss is like, back to work. <laughs> That's... <laughs> <laughs> nah, that, yeah, no. That couldn't be me, sorry. Like, yeah. Gotta go make sure my shit's okay. Make sure my house isn't a little article right now. Yeah. Well, dude, oh man. I fucking remember one time, our pipes are frozen, right? We got no water. And uh we we bought we ordered on amazon uh electrical tape okay and you can wrap that around your piping and it'll heat up your piping and it'll stop them from freezing and then after you put the electrical tape on there you put like the inflatable tubes that you use like the noodles for pools right. you put those around that and it helps insulate it okay we're doing that but it's during this this winter vortex, okay? So right. it's like negative fucking 50-something degrees outside. You know, it's 1 o'clock in the morning, and we're fucking under the house with headlamps on our face, full winter gear, just freezing. Dude, it took us like five hours because Damn. we were so cold. And we have like the, yeah, well, we brought a space heater down there with us, you know, because we're underneath the house, right. you know? In the crawl so, space or whatever. You know, but it's like as soon as because like we're wearing like thick winter gloves because it's so fucking cold and so we have to take the gloves off to 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 be able to work with the the tape you know what i'm saying right and so like what's you you'll take your gloves off for 30 seconds you know 30 seconds do a little bit and then you you know you put your gloves on and put them in front of the space heater and you know and then we're just taking turns doing that right you know it took us like five hours dude and the whole That's... time uh, yeah, when I came inside, I looked at myself in the mirror, and my my lips were purple. I was shivering. Like it took me hours to warm up. Yeah, man, that's. Oh no, that's uh, people complain about living in Illinois, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, I mean, don't gets... get me wrong, bro. It gets cold here too, man. Nah, not really though. Like this, it barely got like it, it was a negative a few times this, this winter. This year, this year wasn't bad at all. No, it got negative a few times this year, like. That that's rare. Usually, it, there's a quite a few like negative four or five days and stuff like that. Maybe maybe six, like uh, maybe two weeks of negatives. That was yeah. Here this week yeah. this year. That's definitely not bad. Dude, one time that we we built this like makeshift awning thing for like we had a pontoon boat, like a sixteen person pontoon boat, and. We built like an awning for 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 the winter, so this way that the snow didn't get on and like mess up the weather and all that stuff. But, and uh, we got too much snow. And crushed it. Yeah, crushed it. It fucking collapsed it in. But we were going out like every hour or so and hitting all the snow off because we we saw it like sagging really bad. Right. So we were trying to keep up with it, but it was just snowing too much, too fast. And yeah, the whole thing fucking collapsed in on the boat. And damn, like it was a bunch of damage, and we had to get the boat repaired. And damn, that's yeah, that's tragic. Yeah, it was sad. That is sad. Uh, all right, I'm gonna ask you a new question here. Yeah, yeah, one, one more question, and then we'll get into the mental illness. Gotcha. What's an underrated tool that are indispensable for your life? Optimism. So what? Uh you're just optimism about man yeah yeah i'll optimism is a is a tool is a it's a skill set it's we're uh very I, I would probably say there probably has to be some people who are just naturally optimistic you know there I, I would assume there have to be at least some but i would say for the vast majority of people it's not uh a birthright it's not na it doesn't come natural to us you know and it's so easy it's so easy to get caught in a negative mindset right and 
and then just get caught in that loop for months, years at a time, you know. And so I think that staying, uh, being optimistic and staying optimistic is uh, a skill set, and it's the, the most important one. I think so, and that, and that's why I, you know, we start the podcast off with saying th- three things that we're grateful for. Right. You know, it's a fine. It's about sharpening that tool and making sure it's sharp all the time. Oh yeah. That's what I think. You know, you got an answer so far? Um, I was see like I didn't even think of it like that. I was thinking of something like more physical, like you know, like I need a monster energy every day. You know, like, oh, yeah. you know, like, but like, that's effect. Now that's stupid, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh no, so, but, so for like a literal tool, something uh, that I need every day. No, because like, that's, uh, that's how I was thinking of it. Like you just right. took it to a new perspective, like that, I, that I didn't think about, like, that's definitely not, uh, I would say not off limits, but like. Now it's changing what I think uh, of the question. Yeah, about, yeah. Uh, not how I'm trying to think about it. Yeah. So, uh, one tool for me, for sure. Uh, obviously, it's... I wouldn't say it's necessarily underrated. But I feel like people take it for granted. The amount of sleep you can get every night. Yeah. Uh, uh, people think it's cool to stay up late. Or uh, have fun and party on weeknights or work nights or whatever. Like, I mean, yeah, you can have that, or you can actually go to bed and your day will go by faster because you're not, you know, like you could go to bed and not feel fucking dreadful and tired the next day, get a solid eight hours. You know, like yep. that's you still go to bed at 10. You can get a solid eight hours if you go to bed at uh, work at seven in the morning. So I work, uh, I work seven to three thirty, which I think is a basic, uh, uh, work hours yeah eight, eight hour uh, work schedule like i feel like just that whole eight hour uh just going to bed uh, early or like even just on time is taken for granted it's because people think it's cool to stay up late or they want to party on weeknights or uh just doing shit that doesn't really matter like playing video games or stuff like that yeah yeah, I agree with that. But that being said, I also don't follow that. Um, I'm one of those people that are... Oh, I mean, I think everybody is to some point. Uh, and that's why people... That's why it's underrated. You know, it's taken for yeah. granted. It's, it's, it's there, and then people complain about it, but then they don't use it. Yeah, yeah but that's very true. Very true. Um, you last week you said that you wanted uh your weekly affirmation was that you wanted to stop stressing about money even though you had the money right how'd that go i mean it i mean no i mean i really didn't because like the whole week i was like damn i'm pretty much gonna lose my whole check trade on my bank account right away because you know bills rent whatever and i realized like i had uh uh, some cash at the house that I had made that I uh, forgot about. I was like, damn, I'm really not losing all my check. Like, why am I stressing out about this? So I did not follow my weekly affirmation. Gotcha. Hey, that's all right, man. Right. Uh, you know, I just want to be in your position when I'm forgetting that I have cash. <laughs> right. Well, and it's like, uh, it, it, well, because like I had made it that week. I just forgot that uh, I had it in cash. You know what I'm talking about? I yeah, thought yeah, that yeah. it was just in my bank account already, and I was looking at it, and I was like, damn, all right, well, that's what's going to come out of my bank account, so much money I'm going to have left or whatever. Right. And but uh, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I have that cash. And then it changed the amount completely that was uh, leaving my bank account. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. All right, all right, all right. So this week's mental illness that we're going to cover is PTSD. Ooh, okay. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, PTSD stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. So when I type this in, this is the most, this is the worst one yet, man. When I type this into Google and I type definition, this is what it says. Military veterans suffering from PTSD. That is it. Oh, what the fuck? That is it. It's not even a complete sentence. No, that's not. No, that's just. Uh, <laughs> it's the middle of a sentence, dude. <laughs> yeah, 
Like, that's... <laughs> you sure you're not on Wikipedia? Sorry about yeah. the bag. I'm moving it. I don't... Shit, dude. Um, I... God, dude. I was... I was very disappointed at this one, man. <laughs> that is bad. That is bad, because, dude, it isn't just military who can have PTSD. Like, that's... Right. Well, dude, so this is... This is what, like, struck me here. Right. So... I was recently diagnosed with PTSD, okay? And it kind of made me have like a little bit of an external crisis because it, it, uh, being 100% honest, it made me feel very weak. Right. Okay. And the reason for that is, is because like, if you go up to anybody, right? And you say, I have PTSD, what's your immediate reaction? Oh, what war did you serve in? Yeah. Right, I didn't. I didn't serve in no war. I had never been in the military, right? So I had to come to the realization and no. You know, hold on, why? Why? Hold on. What's up? You did fight in a war, and it's not the no, military. I, right. Yeah, it, yeah. It, right. It, 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 it was a personal war, but right. Was, yeah, and so that's that's what I had to learn to accept. You know, it was was that, um, you know, really bad things can happen to people with or without war. You right. know what I'm saying? And yeah, so so when I read that, it, it made me because I haven't thought about it like that in a long time, you know. So when I read that, it just brought that all back. I was like, "Oh, this is why I think like this." Right. It's because this is what you read. You know what I'm saying? Like only military veterans are allowed to have PTSD. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, but that that's not the case. You know. So, of course, I went and did some more research and found some more uh, definitions and some more information. We're actually going to go on a little bit of a history uh, lesson today. So, I'm, I'm excited. Okay. So, um, I'll say the name of the website first. I have a works cited page this time. I, I, I realized I probably should have been doing that this whole time, but, you know, we're learning here. <laughs> so... Uh, all the information about the list all comes from uh, www.psychiatry.org and then under PTSD, obviously. And then, but then the first definition was from Google. Okay. Okay. So, um, going back. <clears throat> all right. So, PTSD, or so like, what is PTSD, right? PTSD or post traumatic stress disorder is a. Uh, psychiatric disorder that may occur in people who have experienced or witnessed a traumatic event such as a natural disaster, serious accident, terrorist act, war, combat, rape, or who have been threatened with death, sexual violence, or serious injury. So, meaning that basically anything that happens in your life that is seriously extreme can give you a some level or form of PTSD. Right. So after reading this definition, it became very clear to me why I was diagnosed with PTSD. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, it says people who have experienced or witnessed a traumatic event, such as uh, natural disasters. We've seen natural disasters. I don't know if you remember the Argo Lane house, but we had a tornado come right by our house. Uh, oh, yes. Yes. Outside. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there was that tree that fell over right outside and stuff like that. And Yep. Yep. yep, I remember that. So, but I don't think that that's really had any uh, severe consequences. I mean, maybe somewhere in the subconscious at some level, maybe, but right. you know, nothing, nothing too uh, serious. Mm-hmm. You know, a serious. I mean, uh, and then it says a serious accident. I mean, I, I, I fucking, I've been held at gunpoint. You know what I'm saying? Multiple times. Right. You know. Right. I, you know, I've been in fit. I've been in a shitload of fights, and you know, so, so much shit. You know. Uh, Luckily enough, I've never been witnessed a terrorist act or a war combat. I mean, physical combat, but never that kind of combat. Right. You know, uh, I, I've, I've been raped twice, so I got, got that. You know, I've been threatened with death. I've been threatened with sexual violence, right? And, and then serious injury. I've had a lot of serious fucking injuries. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You know, I cracked my head open twice within two weeks, 180 stitches, you know? Right. So it was like, after reading this, it was like, okay, yeah, this is actually very clear. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, that's, let's, uh, I feel like, hold on, that, that PTSD yeah, yeah. and like, it can affect others through other people. Seeing yeah. someone go through that, something like that, that's that yeah. traumatic, can af- uh, affect someone and scare them that way too. 
Like, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And, and, and in so like, many ways. Um, I had something like that happen to me, and that's like I feel bad because it nothing happened to me. It was what yeah. I seen what happened to him. Uh, to this day, I think about it. You know, right. like. Uh, I'm not going to say who, but one of my friends, uh, when I was younger, uh, some dude ran a stop sign and they T-boned him and oh. uh, they were in a lifted, uh, a lifted car and uh-huh. like they started going forward and obviously they slammed on their brakes and when they gained traction, their car flipped over the other car Oh shit! and they landed straight on their head, you know, like on the top and nobody, uh, somebody died in the car that they hit and, uh, like I seen uh uh I almost said his name, uh he uh obviously like I don't uh I don't remember the extent of to their injuries I don't think it, none of them were injured that seriously mm-hmm. I remember uh he was in a cast at the time because he had previously broken his arm gotcha but, like seeing that happen made me scared of rear end uh boning somebody or we're ending somebody or getting into a car accident to the point of which like i started watching how people drove when i never did before you know i was like slow down slow down slow down slow down or please don't do it please don't go out in front of us whenever we're driving and stuff like that yeah and nothing even happened to me you know and i was like why why am i scared now because you don't want like seeing that something that serious happen yeah and affect you uh as a uh i would say like just as a bystander. Yes, yes. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I got I got a lot of shit that I can relate relate on that on, man. Right. That's for sure. So uh let's get into this little bit of a history lesson, huh? Yeah, yeah, let's get it. Yeah, so it says PTSD has been known by many names in the past, such as cell shock during the years of World War War World War One and combat fatigue combat fatigue after World War II. But PTSD does not just happen to combat veterans. PTSD can occur in all people, uh, all people of any ethnicity, nationality, or culture, and at any age. PTSD affects approximately 3.5% of the U.S. adults every year. An estimated 1 in 11 people will be diagnosed with PTSD in their lifetime. Women are twice as likely as men to have PTSD. Three ethnic groups, uh, the three ethnic groups, U.S. or uh, Latinos, African Americans, and uh, African Indians, are dis, dis, disproportionately affected and have higher rates of PTSD than non-Latino whites. Hmm. That's interesting. I wonder if that. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I w- it's it's pretty clear why. I, well, that's. Well, what do you think? Why? Why? Well, I mean, uh, Latinos, African Americans, and Indians are all fucking subject to extreme racism here. And yeah, that, if you follow, what I was gonna say, like, do you think that's more of like a hate thing? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Well, all right. So, like, fear does crazy shit to our body. So does stress, right? Uh, and so does trauma. Trauma can like literally do crazy shit. Like if you stress about trauma, it can literally like make your bones thin. Like it can like yeah, give you heart attacks, shorten your life, strokes. Right. It's it's insane what trauma can fucking do to your body. Um. So and then you so if you take that into consideration, and then you you know you, you know exacerbate that over you know multiple generations, multiple generations living in fear. Yeah, you know, I would say that, you know, that would leave some sustain or, you know, openings for things like PTSD to creep in into certain bloodlines. That makes sense to me. Right. So, but uh, it's crazy that it's uh, for women. But that being said, women are uh, typically more emotional than men. So that does make a little sense, too. Mm -hmm. Maybe considered more traumatic to them more Mm -hmm. than us. Right, you know, like us. Uh, oh no, I'm not gonna say because like that goes on with the car accident thing. A little fender bender is nothing to them. It's a whole car accident, you know. Right. Like it's us. We get on their way, trade the information to them. They just total the car, you know. Right. Like, it's yeah. Seen different perspectives. Yep. So uh, and it keeps going. 
Okay, so uh, we'll keep reading. It says that uh, people with PTSD have intense, disturbing thoughts and feelings related to their experience that last long after the traumatic events have ha- uh, have ended. They may they may relive relive the event through flashbacks or nightmares. They may feel sadness, fear, anger, and they may feel detached or estranged from other people. Uh-huh. People with PTSD may avoid situations or people that remind them of the traumatic event. And they may have strong negative reactions to something as ordinary as a loud noise or an accidental touch. I don't know if you remember, David, or not, but we were just talking about this in the last episode. Talking about how uh, I react to physical touch. Yep. That's what I was saying. Yeah. And so when I was reading this, I, I was like, oh. Oh. Oh my God! What this is? This is why. This right. this is why I I'm I do this. Like is because of I like, you know, it's one thing to like be told that you have you know like an illness or whatever, but when you see the actual physical like repercussions or whatever it is in real time in you know in your real life, right? It hits you on a different level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So reading that, I was like, oh. Oh, that this, yeah, I really do, huh? Right. You know. So, uh, and then there's there's one more one more section. Um, a diagno a diagnosis of PTSD requires exposure to an upsetting traumatic event. However, the exposure could be indirect rather than firsthand. For example, PTSD could occur in in a individual learning about the violent death of a close family or friend. It can also occur as a result of repetitive exposure to horrible details or of trauma such as police officers exposed to details of child abuse cases. So this is uh, more so just like talking about like um, the, the actual diag- like how to get diagnosed and how to go about getting diagnosed. Right. And I think that, that that's important because uh, for anybody listening who thinks that they may suffer from PTSD and they're thinking about possibly getting diagnosed, the harsh reality of getting help is reliving what you had to go through. Because uh, the only way to deal with something like this is to confront it head on. And that means accepting and looking it in the face and it looking back at you. And so, you know, just make sure that if that's the step that you're, you know, going to take, that you're, you're ready to do so. But also at the same time, you can't let the fear of the idea of the situation stop you from doing so. Now, I understand that, that sounds a bit contradictory, but, you know, one, you have to obviously work through the six stages of grief, and that takes time. Right. So if it's only been a year, say, since, you know, say like if you're one of your grandparents passed and you watched it happen. And so you're suffering from PTSD. If it's only been a year. Yeah, it's probably too soon to be going to therapy to get work on this. Right. Like you still need to grieve that shit out. Right. But if it's been 30 years and you still haven't done it, then, yeah, now now is the time to do so. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. So, yeah, th- this one was this one was actually a, well one a fucking big eye opener for me, but it was also a little rough too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I feel like it. It'll give you some really eye uh, opening realizations. You know, mm-hmm. that's even like uh, with like all the other mental illnesses that we've gone over. If you really look at all the symptoms, a lot of people have a lot more. They are per se problems. They're not really. That's that's just what we're gonna call them. They're not necessarily uh, problems. Right. People have a lot more problems than they think. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No. That's. That's. I don't know. Uh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes it can be a little. I don't know. So the like. Doing doing this as a job is sometimes like a catch twenty two. 
right? It's like we come in here and the beginning of the show, everything's great and good. You know, we're going good. The, the flow's good. We're having good banter, going back and forth. And then, then you know, we got to get to the meat of the episode. And, you know, because of the fact of what we choose to talk about, it, a lot of times it's depressing and dark. And then it's just like, now what? You know? <laughs> My bad. Sorry. Um, I'm... What just brought me a cookie? Mm, nice. I had I couldn't wait. I'm sorry. I had to say goodbye. No, you're good. You're good. So, uh, I, yeah, I think we're about about at the end of the show. So, um, weekly affirmation, man. What do you want to work on this week? Having a better attitude in the morning. Yeah. You said optimism is a very underrated tool, and. Mm. Having that happiness makes the days go by faster. Yep. You know, it helps other people when they have bad days. You know, and having other people in good moves help, help obviously helps your days go by faster. You have more fun. Yep. So it's, it's a whole thing. You know, it's a yep. whole loop. I think trying yeah. to be more positive during the week. Yeah, 100%. And dude, it's so, uh, you know, mindsets are contagious. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So if like if you're optimistic and then you can, you know, spread that to other people around you and then next thing you know, you guys are all laughing and having a good time and your work day is going by quick. Right. Especially you at know. my work because uh, there's a lot of talking that goes on. Uh, everyone's talking yeah. with each other. Everyone's always standing around, you know, like a lot of our jobs are just standing there and opening boxes, stuff like that. So it's a lot of gotcha. talking. So when people are happy and laughing and in a good mood, everyone's happy and laughing and in a good mood, you know. Yeah, it's a it's a big part of working there. Yeah. Yeah. So. What's yours, Wyatt? Sorry, I'm yawning. Uh, so th- this week I want to uh work on being a better boyfriend. Um. You know, like we talked about last week, and my issues with like physical touch and, um, Brittany got a haircut, and. I've been treating her differently since she's gotten the haircut. Right. Um in in a in a very positive way. But this change in my behavior showed me the lack of attention I was giving her before. Right. You get what I'm saying? So I want I one wanted to mentally check myself to make sure that I'm aware of that so this way it doesn't happen again, right? But two, I also want to normalize this into my everyday life, right? And to do so, you create structure around it, right? Right. And um, so that's what I want to do. I want to, you know, structureize my the way I, I guess, be, be uh, you know, behave with my girlfriend. As weird as that sounds to say out loud. No, no, it's 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 good because people get comfortable and they start acting a certain way. And a lot of people have obviously we've talked about that comfortability. A lot of people have trouble finding ways out of it, you know, yeah. and comfortable isn't always good. Yeah. Honestly. And so like, that's a, a good thing to change up. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I want to say, dude, I really enjoy these, these uh, talks with you every week, man. Yeah. So do I. It's like, I don't know. I see. I, I have this mindset that I really don't like. Um, I don't know. Like uh, it's, I try to be a glass half full kind of person, but naturally mm-hmm. I'm a glass half empty. You know? Right. Um, that's just the way we were, we were raised. You know, obviously you know how stuff like that we were, uh, I feel like nothing is ever good enough, but you know, we were always right. with that kind of mindset. Like it could always yep. be better. You mm-hmm. can, you can always be better. Right. Uh-huh. And, uh, having that negativity, uh, like leading up, like I like to do the podcast and I really enjoy doing them. But uh-huh. always leading up to them, I'm always like, oh, oh, yeah, the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And that's not how I really feel. But right. it's just my mindset, and I don't like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I really like having sitting here and having these conversations with you. You know, like, it's nice to really be able to talk to family like that. It's yeah. It, it's that I really like being able to do. And, yeah. and And we get the opportunity to have conversations that we typically wouldn't. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And we talk about everything, you know, and that's the best part. Uh, right. Of our real feelings, the way that things really go on, you know, yeah. different perspectives of real things that uh, uh, that are happening in our lives, you know, 
and it exactly. helps you check yourself cons- and consider different things. Yeah, and that's why I like and it. and it's a, also a form of responsibility too. Right, you know what I'm saying? Like it's like we, at least for me, I, I don't know how much of a conscious decision it is for you, but like for me, I know that like whatever it is that I'm going to talk about on the podcast, I know I need to continuously to make improvements in that area if I'm going to talk about it because I know there's going to be people who are going to hold me responsible to the things that I'm saying. Okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, uh, I've thought that way with you specifically, not like the uh, uh, fans of people listening per se. Uh, mm-hmm. I go through the things because I know that you will hold me to them specifically. Gotcha, gotcha. Right. So, but like, uh, I haven't ever really considered the fans wise. Yeah. Well, um, to be fair, we haven't had too much fan interaction. Well, even still, the very few that we have, you know, we like them, we appreciate them. You know, yeah, of course, people 100%. listening, and obviously, if they're listening consistently, hopefully, they're keeping up too. Appreciate it. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, uh, if you guys don't mind, go ahead and give this a like and subscribe, and you know, thank you for viewing. Uh, follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all the social media places that you like. We are on um, IG, TikTok clips every day. So make sure you know you go and like those. Work safe, drive safe, be safe. We love you guys. Peace. Peace out.